The Money Show. Shapeshifters. Shapeshifters brought to you by Camellia Holdings, your trusted service provider of all things ICT. Our shapeshifter this evening is Kitty Bonetzilwane, who is the co-founder of Ramzilo Trading, named after her grandfather. Uh, a quick background, if you will, Kitty Bonne. You and your sister are in business together. You grew up in construction. Your family's been in construction for, for generations. Clearly it rubbed off. Definitely, it definitely did. Thank you so much for having me tonight. I'm very honored and very excited to be here. Well, we're happy to have you as well because, I mean, you're not making Lego bricks. That is uh, a patented uh, Danish technology. But what you're doing is taking your family's experience in construction over over decades and adapting it. Because in 2013, your dad registered a business in the name of your grandfather and you started making your own cement bricks in 2016. But uh, where did the idea of using recycled waste in that process actually come from? So we've always been, like you said, always been in the construction space and through our business that our dad registered for us, we learned, we started doing a lot of building material, um, excuse me, I started doing a lot of buildings and mm. this is where we picked up that we're spending quite a bit on building material, specifically bricks. So when we made the bricks, we, we were making it in our mom's yard, very small yard, and we'd see waste pickers, you know, that we normally see packing things from house to house. And we had a conversation with an elderly lady who, funny enough, till today we still collect from her. And she told us how plastic is very good for her in terms of collection and how it allows her an opportunity to be able to take care of her family and also afford medication because she's got diabetes. And that's how my sister and I decided to focus on plastic specifically. And when we went into the process of prototyping, it was very trying because you can imagine now in our in this small yard, we've turned it now into a manufacturing plant. We're taking garbage from people's yards and we're making bricks with it. And our parents didn't quite understand at first, but fortunately for us, they were very patient um, until eventually got out of their space. It's only, it's a process that only a parent could tolerate, really. I mean, and they clearly had <laughs> a lot of faith in you. Um, but did your dad have anything to do with it? I mean, did he give you any of his expertise? Did he give you any of his wisdom? Or did he say, okay, you guys, you're on your own now. This is the business. Make it work. No, no, no. Funny enough, I mean, when you go to landfills, we, we look at landfills as something that, you know, it exists, it stays at the back of our heads, but it's actually a different world in the landfills. And young women, it's very difficult to get in there and talk to people when you even want to buy from them. So my dad and my older brother were the ones who would actually go to the landfills, speak to the people that side and get us the access to the waste, you know. So they were very involved. I mean, most of the, I'll call it technology, but what we started with was all from my dad coming up with ideas of how we can make sure that we can produce, you know. So both of them, our our brother and our father, was very involved. And till today, we're still a very, very close-knit family business, I'd say. How much regulation is there around the creation of building materials? Because, I mean, people have been making mud bricks in South Africa, cement bricks, all kinds of bricks for generations. But when you're running a commercial enterprise, surely there must be some regulatory framework that you need to adhere to. Sure, there's a lot. Hey, I, I We weren't even ready. When we started, we didn't know. First of all, when we started, we didn't even know that we'd actually come up with a product. And by 2017, after years of prototyping, 
when we had a product we're comfortable with, we then went into the market thinking that's it, you know. And when we then started looking at the side of making it a product that people can buy and readily use, that's when we learned that there's so much regulation and so many requirements. Apart from the traditional SABS that we all know, there's also institutions such as Agreement South Africa, which does the certification of non-standard construction material and They've got a very rigorous, very long and very expensive process, might I add, to get your product to, to be certified. And of course, there's also the NHBRC, you know, which looks at regulator, regulating the building in, built industry as well. So it's very, very much regulated and very controlled. And it is also how you can get your product to be more formal into the market, you know, by making sure that you do adhere to some of these legislations. And we've been very fortunate in that our product is, is the first of its kind, and we've gone through a lot of these processes. So the institutions themselves, such as SABS, SABS and Agreement SA, have held our hand as well to say, how do we get this process? How do we get these products to be certified and approved and well-recognized throughout the country? What is the benefit to you, other than feeling good about taking a waste product, which is clogging up rivers and, and, and filling the oceans, and we hear the horror stories, of course, of plastic islands in the Pacific, etc., etc., and if you've been mm-hmm. to the beach recently, you would have just seen the, the amount of rubbish that washes up on the shore, particularly after heavy rains. What is the benefit to your customers of the fact that you have incorporated waste products, plastics, into the bricks that you sell them? Look, it's, it's quite fascinating. And this is what we also learned um, from the onset when we started prototyping is that because of the plastic elements in the bricks, they actually offer a higher strength. So it's called formula compressive strength. So traditional bricks have a 7 MPA on average, and our brick ranges up to 20 MPA, even more if it's required by the engineer. But we give that stronger brick at a competitive price. So we made sure that we stay within the right pricing range, but give more benefit. And because of the plastic element in the brick itself, it does not um, it's not as porous as conventional bricks, so it does not take in as much water, so you will not see those cracks on your wall for a longer period of time and not require building maintenance for a longer period, therefore also giving you a structural integrity, you know, a higher structural integrity. And also plastic, as we know by its nature, has great insulation properties. So by using it as a building material, a building itself will also have be very energy efficient. So during these cold days, you won't have your heaters on for as long as we do with our conventional building systems. Well, we see kids being encouraged to stuff two-liter bottles with single-use plastics and then uh, sort of distribute those as eco-bricks. But this is a very different process. This is a combination of cement um to make mm-hmm. uh, to make cement bricks and plastic what percentage of plastic then goes into what you've now trademarked i think as plasti brick yes so we we use about 30 percent plastic and the great thing about um that initiative that you're talking about is it works great for us as well because we've actually worked with a corporate that had um a campaign around having kids do exactly what you said and we could actually take those plastics and use them in the manufacturing of our bricks because the great thing is we use all types of plastic so we don't especially the single-use plastic which are very problematic we're able to recycle all of them so We've actually been able to recycle that eco brick as well um, through our manufacturing process. And I mean, by using 30% plastic, it makes sure that we still have the normal look and feel. So when you look at our plastic brick and you look at a normal cement brick, you won't really see the difference. 
Um, there will be slides, especially when you know what you're looking at. But what we wanted to do is we wanted a product that was ready to use as much as possible because it's going to be in hardware stores. It will be in um, anyone can buy the product and use it on their own, you know. So the 30% plus was inspired by the fact that we wanted to have the great elements that we highlighted earlier, but also be environmentally friendly, but most importantly, be as ready to use as possible. Keriboni, more with you in a moment. Keriboni Tsilwani, the co-founder of Ramzilo Trading. They've got this product, 30% plastic mixed with cement, makes a stronger brick. Now, I wonder about market acceptance. I wonder about safety issues. I wonder about what sort of stamp of approval that you need on these bricks. But we'll pick up on that in just a second. A couple of questions coming through on fire safety and things like that. We'll pick up on all of that in a moment. The Money Show. Shapeshifters. There's an old English saying from the north of England, where there's muck, there's money. Um, and uh, that is something that Kitty Bornitzelwane and her sister have come to the realization on because they're using uh, plastics, which we discard in our rubbish or we uh, put into recycling bags or we put into eco bricks diligently, um, stuffing them in with wooden spoons and things to make them nice and hard and compacted. Uh, and they're taking these plastics and mixing them with cement, 30% mixture, um, and producing something called plastic brick is this something that you have trademarked and and and, uh, and protected i hope uh, kitty Borne? yes so fortunately the south african laws are great in that regard so we're able to register our trademarks and we also patented the technology that goes into making the bricks how hard are they to make i'm not asking you to tell me what the recipe is but just how hard is it to make these bricks relative to what you were doing in 2016 making pure cement bricks Funny enough, it's not as difficult. Um, it's it's a matter of just making sure that you get your the way you do your process. You get your process to be right because any small mistake will affect the end product. And the end product might not necessarily be the look and feel of the brick, but it's actually in the construction. And when it's used, you know, we, we get so many incidents where we see bricks that go through one or two things done wrong and as a consequence a building itself might have issues you know so it's not a difficult process but it's taken the years to perfect in terms of how we make sure that every single thing that goes into the product goes in at the right in the right amount and also at the right time and the cost to produce um relative to a cement or a clay brick or an ash brick um there are lots of different kinds of bricks in the market but i mean your product uh, what does it cost to produce relative to others Look, we've, we've cut the cost down tremendously because we've substituted a lot of the um, expensive aggregates um, and it's resulted in almost a slash of about 40% of the normal cost. And this is excluding that. So we've been able to ensure that we, we create a product that is cheap to make so that even in selling it, you know, we sell it at a good price because we know the value that comes with it. But we also are very sensitive to the fact that this is a product that we'd like to be accessible to a lot of people in South Africa, whether it's somebody who is renovating their house to a huge property development, you know. So we made sure that in cutting the cost by replacing some of the expensive aggregates, we're able to still have a good product that is 
relatively affordable. What about market acceptance? I mean, if you've ever been to a builder's yard and you've tried different bricks and you've picked up different bricks and you, you feel the ash brick and it feels crumbly in your hand uh, and you feel a an air brick, a cement brick, and you feel think to yourself, oh, okay, those are fine. And then even clay bricks feel different. Some have got holes in them. Some have got gaps in them. Oh. Some are solid. Um, and, and, I mean, to the layman, it's, it really makes very little difference. But you've got people in the building industry who've been building properties for an awfully long time. When they pick up one of your plasty bricks, what's, mm. what does it feel like to them? Look, so we've got two very, very interesting range of products. So we've got the, br- the bricks that, have, that are cementitious, have a bit of cement in them. And we've got the products that have no cement and no water. So when we talk to the guys, we take both our products to, to the market. We've taken both our products to the market. And the first reaction is this is a normal cement brick and people are not really interested. And when they learn that there's plastic in this thing, it's been interesting because people are more drawn to the product because it does not look like a, what, what a person expects when they think of a plastic brick, you know. And when they have a look and feel of it, it feels very, very dense. It's quite dense. The density in terms of the lab test that we received, it has a high density rate, which speaks to the lack of porosity. Um, and by having a look and feel of the product, the market acceptance has been phenomenal because the key benefit that people are uh, often communicating to us is the fact that they're using a product that they can feel and see that is more, it has more attributes, stronger, it's more durable at a good price, at a, at a competitive price. And typically when you think of going green, people think it's expensive, you know, yeah, and exactly. they think they need to learn how to use a product. And in this case, it's a plug and play solution. So you use your traditional mortar, you use the same things that you use when you con- during construction. It's just there's added benefits in using the product. I love how, I mean, you've, you've had the help of Ray's Corp and Alon Ray's as a, a regular guest on the show in, in helping you yeah. uh, develop the business, develop your products. But you also participated in NGEN's Pitch and Polish program. And I love these programs. I think they do so much good uh, for, for startups like yours. I mean, you, you've uh, clearly, I mean, you've got a financial background, but you're a very confident communicator on, on the product and service that you deliver. I mean, have you found that? it's 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 skilled you uh, appropriately oh look i would be doing it an injustice um <laughs> the engine pitch and polish program was one of the most amazing things in my life i mean look it was difficult i i remember we probably i probably pitched 10 to 15 times and when i went there i didn't know what to expect because it was the first time um i went in bloemfontein um we're Obviously, we're from Free State, so it was in that region. So we had to travel early in the morning, get there. I think it started at 8 a.m. And you get there and you search, you're thinking, okay, it's just the competition. I am telling you, we, in that region, we pitched, I think, eight times before you get selected as the, the winner of the region. And when we were there, we were, it was pre-COVID, so it was two years ago. First of all, we were like, starting to get a stepping stone into the business or proper proper startup and you get there you come in to pitch this idea that nobody has ever heard of and in a room i believe that room was full of 400 people if i'm not mistaken and they were all given this um thing to lift up so that they could ask questions and i remember after i gave a picture of my life thinking i've covered every single aspect they said okay audience anybody have a question probably 99 percent of that room had their hand up for <laughs> questions and I went through most of those questions because what they, what they were teaching us is to be able to endure, you know, go through that process of people not understanding you and you being patient enough to explain and 
We went through this process week after week until we got to all the regions, got to Gauteng, and we went through the um, masterclass. I call it a masterclass because there as well, you were pitching your life away. I, I think they do not call it pitch and polish by mistake. You pitch your life away. And till today, um, funny enough, Bruce, is even when we speak to, whether we're speaking to potential investors, to customers, whether we're speaking to regulators even of the industry, we pitch our product the same way we were taught to but do that's during the point. those policies. We, that is the point. I mean, and again, it just arms you with, with the skills. Um, and when a hundred people have asked you a hundred different questions about your product, if you haven't answered every mm-hmm. question or at least been forced to think differently about your product by the end of that process, nobody can ever catch you out, ever. Um, and I think that's the, the huge power uh, that these programs give. And I encourage everybody who's got a bright idea to go. Even if you, you don't win a prize, even if you don't get a, the certificate, a little noddy badge, you get experience in pitching and Definitely. selling. It's so, so important. Kediboni, thank you for joining us. Kediboni Tzilwani, the co-founder of Ranzilo Trading in the Free State.